I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 7, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So what do you know? We finally had a down day. Well, obviously, we were going to have a down day eventually, but I was saying for the last couple of days, I don't like a creeping market. I don't trust a creeping market. We were coming up into the 200-period moving average. We came up short, looked like they were going to start to go sideways, put in a doji candle yesterday, and here we go down and away. So one of the schematics that we discussed was coming down to retest the downsloping trend line. Did we do a retest today? No, not really. There could be more downside. But let's talk about where we are and what happened, where the low was today. Let's look at it from a number of different time frames. And then we're going to look at what's really unfolding. And I think as we begin to pick apart the markets, I think this is going to be a good learning opportunity. So before we get rolling, there's a couple of things. Number one is, let me first thank everybody for participating, making comments, and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction. I love the banter back and forth. Please keep up the great work. In addition, go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. And don't forget to please hit the thumbs up button on the video. Back to the market. So I want you to think in terms of, fractals for a second now fractal is an interesting word if you look it up in the dictionary or on google whatever you end up with some kind of definition where there's words in there that you have to stare at to understand so we're going to use our own definition of fractal and basically the way it works is everything is a fractal of something else that's all we really need to know for the purposes of how the market works so for example Our children are fractals of our parents, and that's just the way it works. So the market, a 10-minute chart, is a fractal of an hourly chart. An hourly chart is a fractal of a daily chart, and so on. And there's many, many more in between. So everything is a fractal or a fraction of something else. It doesn't just relate to the markets. It relates to everything, but it also relates to the market. And the reason I bring that up is because... When something relates to everything in the world, in our lives, the market's not excluded. We can assume that the market will also be impacted by the same things that impact everything else. The market is a fractal, a very small fractal of something much bigger. Now, we're not going to get into that. That's getting in my head way too deep, and we're not going there tonight. But there's always a method to the madness, so as we go along, you'll start to understand why I bring this up. Here we have a weekly chart. Now, look where we are as it relates to the weekly chart. Now, if we believe in the trend line, and let's just assume for a second the trend line is valid and it's good. Now, tomorrow being the close of the week, I think it's extremely important where we close relative to that trend line, where we close the week, period. So that's why I bring up the weekly chart. Now let's go back to the daily chart. Now the daily chart is a fractal of the weekly chart. So what do we see on the daily? Well, we see that we know we were into a lot of what we said was overhead resistance. 
We know the market could certainly go higher. We don't know for sure yet whether that was the final destination, for example, what we saw yesterday and on Tuesday. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Until and unless we get some confirmation on the downside, I'm going with we don't know yet. As a market analyst, it's okay to not know. What's not okay is when we pretend to know. That's how people lose money, when they pretend to know. So what do we have? So we also discussed the fact that we had this last breakup candle, and we talked about the low from that breakup candle. That was on the 4th, and the low was 269.36. Let's put an identifier at 269.36. There's your 269.36. Why is it blue? Because I chose blue. I just wanted it to be different than the other two lines up there. We're going to use it for a different purpose. Now, we go down to an hourly chart, which is a fractal of a daily chart. Now, on an aside note, we hear the term fractal used within the financial markets in those Elliott Wave analysts a lot. Not a lot of other places, but they certainly use the term fractal, and that's fine. They can have it. And by the way, it's not lost on me that they once again think it's a finishing fifth wave, which they've already thought about like five or six times over the last few weeks. So... Most of you know my feeling about Elliott Wave Analysis. It certainly has some merit. It has some utility. But the problem is, there's so many variations all the time that if you ask 10 Elliott Wave analysts what the wave count is, you get like 25 answers. And that's not to mention the 15 alternates. I know it. I've learned it. I just can't actually make money using it, so I discarded it some years ago. All right, back to what we do. So here's the hourly chart, the 269.36. Look where it runs through. It runs right through an area of consolidation, right? That's interesting. I'm sure that's a coincidence. So that happened to be the low of the breakup candle that we discussed yesterday. Is it likely that those areas are generally support, at least on the first hit? Yes. How many times have we seen that over and over and over again? We've seen it thousands of times okay fair enough but we have a big drop so the market had a big gap down and now we have this breakdown candle which was formed on the second candle of the day and now the market is doing what it's basically making a bearish wedge pattern a bear it was a bear flag pattern now it's starting to break upward so it's more of a bearish wedge pattern where's it going we all know the answer it's going, at least it's attempting to go, to the top end of the breakdown candle. Whether it gets there or not, we'll see. So, here's what we have. Here's the bogey for Friday morning. Let's say we gap up. Do we gap above the high of that breakdown candle? That would be obviously bullish. Let's say we don't gap up. Let's say we continue along where we finished out today. Will the top end of that breakdown candle be resistance? Normally, yes, it will. Normally, what does this kind of situation call for? Normally, it calls for lower prices. Where do those lower prices take us? Interestingly enough, from a symmetrical standpoint, they take us to the 100-period moving average. Remember, this is on the hourly chart, and they also take us to test the top end of the downsloping trend line. Coincidence? I don't think so. Here's a 10-minute chart. It's a fractal of an hourly chart. We had a question today from one of the longtime members, and I think it was a good question. And basically, I'm going to paraphrase the question. So Jim's question was, 
is this a good tail? And is that a good low? And should the market hold there? I'm paraphrasing. But he was wondering about that tail and if that was okay to buy. Now, a couple of things. I can't answer individual trading questions. So unfortunately, those are the rules. That's the way it is. I don't make the rules, but I have to follow the rules. So let's talk about the chart and let's get Jim's question answered because it's a learning opportunity any way you look at it. So here's what we've got. So we have a market that comes down to an important price area, albeit slightly below, but we know it's important. So if they spike through an important price area, are they likely to try and rally back up to that important price area? And the answer is normally yes. So we have that going for us. We have a tail candle that was made after we went through an important price area. That's another thing we have going for us. Now, that tail candle is something that's taught right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So is everything else. And so is the third thing, which is we had time on our side. Now, if you're not familiar with how to use time to your advantage and how to put it together with price, that's what makes all the difference in trading each and every day. It's something else that's discussed and taught in extreme great detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So here's the thing. The fourth thing that's also taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader is we never closed below the low of that tail candle and what happened. Here's what I'll say. If you look at everything that I just explained and then go back and watch the entire course at Lazy E-Mini Trader all the way through, don't skip anything. I guarantee you with 100% certainty, you'll say, holy shnikes, you're right. This is the way the market works. Some of it may seem very, very technical and to an extent it is, but there's an enormous amount, at least from my perspective, that's common sense. Because when you see something happen over and over and over again, you begin to expect those things to happen and then accept that when they don't happen, that's the anomaly. So back in our lane over here, can you see when we look at the market as fractals, each chart is a fractal of a bigger chart, if you will, and we picked out that important area on the daily chart, and then as we go down, we start to identify in real time as the market's operating after the opening bell, we begin to identify not only where these trades are, but the most important component is why. Once you understand why, you begin to gain an entirely different confidence when trading. When you gain a different confidence, an increased confidence level when training, guess what happens? You start doing better because you're removing guesswork. When you remove guesswork away from the trading, add back in confidence, guess what? You just changed your trading for good. Let's continue on with a fractal of a fractal. So again, the 240-minute chart would be a fractal of the daily chart. And here, what we have is much of the same thing, but I like to look at some of these charts because they give me a different visual look. I know where price is. I understand what's going on. By the time I get to a 240-minute chart after everything we just went through, I pretty much know the game, but I want to double-check and see what's going on over at the 240. So what do I find? I find confirmation of much of the same stuff. So watch this. So here's a breakup candle, and the low happens to be 
267.27. Sound familiar? It's the same concept we just went through. It's the same exercise we just did. What happens when I draw a horizontal trend line at 267.27? I can see that within the next candle or two, if the market were to come down again, we would be coming down into an important price area for two reasons. Number one, the 267.27. Number two, because it's also the top end of the downsloping trend line. Further evidence that that area normally should be supportive of the market. If it's not, that's the anomaly. All right, let's move over into the IWM camp. What do we have? So we got back below the 100 period moving average. That's not great, but look what else happened. Same breakup candle. We tested it. We spiked through it on the downside, and then we rallied back to close well inside that breakup candle. That's bullish. Yeah, we had a down day. So what? We had relative strength in the IWM down eight-tenths of 1%. The spider was down a little bit more than that. If the markets were falling apart, wouldn't the IWM be down a lot more? And the answer is, normally it would. I have to operate under normal. If I operate under guesswork or what might happen, guess what happens? Guessing. I end up losing when I guess. So you see, when you take the market in fractals, in little bits and pieces along the way, you begin to put together the story. That's how we build a puzzle. One piece at a time, one chart at a time, one time frame at a time, one fractal at a time. What if we were to close below the breakup candle low that we just fought back today in the IWM to close above? Is that the worst case scenario? No, it's not the worst case scenario. We can certainly come down farther. There's a lot of support down here. We have a 20 period moving average creeping up. It's not uncommon for the market to sell off for a few days. That's normal garden variety market behavior. Remember what happened last time? We rallied up. We sold off. In fact, the IWM sold off a lot less than the spider did. Let's go back to the spider chart. So here's the daily chart of the spiders. Remember, we, instead of going down, we ended up going sideways. That's the market's way of telling us that it was not at final destination. So when we look at the IWM and we're continuing the conversation we just had, how do we know we're not doing the same type of routine, just going sideways for a few days? We don't know that we are. We don't know that we're not. Not yet, anyway. Now, I know all the people that are going to come over the top and say, here's exactly what's going to happen over the next day or two or week or whatever. Here's where the market's going. And they only do that because they want to come back over the top at the end, meaning after the fact, and say, see, I told you so, I was right. But what they don't do is they don't come back when they're wrong nine out of ten times and say, sorry, I was wrong. So... Somebody that was saying the market's going to decline and they said it 10 days in a row, they may have shorted the market eight or nine times and then maybe they won on the overnight short last night, but they lost eight times in a row. What's the point? It's not my first rodeo. I know how this works. We talked about it last night. The market could have went either way, but what we also talked about and go back to the videotape what we also talked about was that sooner than later, meaning imminent, a larger move was coming. Today was moving day. We talked about the fact that if we were at a different price, it would be a different type of circumstance. But we weren't at a price where I felt we were at a destination. We never had a certain reaction that I was looking for off of what I would consider an important price. So for me, there was no trade there. 
Do I feel like I missed something? Absolutely not. Trading was fantastic this morning. What's going on over in the transportation department? Well, we were into the 100 period moving average. We discussed the fact that that's naturally resistance, but let's see what happens. We never had a big reaction off that. We started to, but we had a recovery. The transports finished down one-third of 1%. So here we have my two favorite market-leading indicators. On one hand, the transports. On the other hand, the IWM. The IWM is the favorite. The transports a close second. And they were both down less than the S&P 500, also known as relative strength. Those have to be puzzle pieces. They're, of course, on the table. Same routine. Can we pull back a little bit just like before and then have another shot higher? Absolutely. Until and unless we get confirmation that lower prices are coming, we're going with we're still in an uptrend until we're not. That's the difference between somebody trying to guess when the uptrend is over and somebody taking a trade when the uptrend is over with a very defined price where that trade would be wrong. After a long time of experience, take my word for it, one way works better than the other. Well, here we had a little bit of a different story when you look over in the tech sector. The triple Qs were down 1.5% today. So they were actually leading the market on the downside. Any surprises? No. Where did we come? To the breakup candle low. We tested it, spiked through it, bounced back above it, closed back above the 100 period moving average. Not that all those things are predictable. I'm just telling you what happened. And as a result of that, it's not bearish behavior. It's a down day. Just leave it at that for now. I'm telling you, the weekly close is going to be the tell-all. I have price areas where if we close above or below tomorrow, meaning the Friday close, that'll be important and that's going to tell us a lot. There'll be money to be made either way. Got to wait for the weekly close. I'm not talking about rubbing two nickels together. The financials, the XLF. So we came in to test the 20 period moving average. Essentially, did anything happen? No. We have an up move, not yet anyway, we have to look at it like that. And here is a bull flag pattern. Now, if the XLF starts coming down a lot more and we start breaking below the 50 period moving average, want to fill the gap, that's going to change the pattern. But this is the pattern that's on the screen now. Don't get run over by a semi. So yesterday we have the spike higher and today we have the give back filling the gap. So basically, if you take away the last two days of market activity, it's still a net positive gain by a little bit. But here's what I'm looking at. So under one circumstance, someone would look at this and say, well, that could be called an exhaustion move. And that's something that I discuss in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. But here's the other side of that. It really only had one of two necessary components for an exhaustion move. If you're not clear on what the second component is, go back and review the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader because it's in there and it's extremely important. So in my book, it really wasn't necessarily an exhaustion move, but we'll see what happens with the SMH over the coming days. No damage done to the uptrend, and that's really the important thing that we have to remember. If there is in all these markets, we'll be able to take advantage of it. Gold never got to the 20-period moving average. We got to the very, very top end of what I suggested yesterday. I said 1,300. Maybe they don't get there. 1,302, 3, 4. I don't know the exact numbers that I used, 
but they came down to 1306 and change. That's not really good enough. So I wasn't interested. So it went without me. That's unfortunate. I was stalking it a little bit. And crude has a slip up finally. So this is still bullish. We closed below the 20 period moving average today. That's not the end of the world. Let's see how they handle the 50, which also coincides with this pivot low down here at 51. If they should fall farther, that's definitely an area that should be normally supported by the market. Apple, I know there's a lot of Appalonians out there. So Apple came in and really ran up nicely into about, what, 170? What was the high? 175 and a half, give or take. I remember when there was a lot of panic going on down in here, but here we are down at 175, not down, but up from where we were at 175. Now we're just really pulling back a little bit. There's nothing wrong here. It's still okay. It's still trending higher from December. We haven't broken that uptrend. Supported by the moving averages below. What you want to watch if you're an Apple owner is the low of this breakup candle. The low is 167.28. That would be my bogey. If I'm long, I really wouldn't want to see closes below there on the daily chart. If I'm not long and I'm looking to get long Apple, where would a buy area potentially be? I would get interested at 165. 165 with a well-defined stop. And the stop would basically be the low of this day here from the 30th. So the low is 160.23. You close below that and I'd have to get out. But I would be a buyer at 165 with $5 of risk in Apple. Now let me qualify that for a second. It's not on my swing trade list. I'm just looking at the chart giving you what I see here now. Those decisions are all made in real time. If Apple opens up at 162 tomorrow... I'm likely not going to be a buyer right out of the gate. Where would I be a buyer? Just for learning purposes, what, what happens if that did happen? It doesn't have to be Apple. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen to Apple. I'm just saying, you know, what happened? Look at this chart. Forget that it's Apple. Just say it's a chart. And what happens if a chart like this, 170.94 on close today, stock opens down at 162, right at the 50 period moving average. What would you be looking at as a day trader most likely? Well, A, it would be a gap trade. So that would be on my morning gap trade list. That's number one. It would also be, if not on the morning gap trade list, on the stocks to watch list. But if I didn't have any of that, what would I be looking for? Well, I really could only be looking for two areas. 160, which is a big fat round number, which is also the low of this candle, give or take a few pennies, I'm rounding. And then you have a gap. In between, take some math. But just looking at a daily chart, those are the two areas that jump off the page. There are other price levels. And I think that's a wrap tonight. We're going to leave it here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.